this all started because I came across the Milestone comic line in the 90s, and I suddenly found myself asking questions that were being presented to me, considering perspectives that had never been offered, let alone been part of the conversation. And then, following the story of characters who answered the question, what does it mean to have superpowers if you don't look like Hal Jordan, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, or so many of the heroes that I had been introduced to in the short time that I had begun reading comics. Now, the stories of Milestone and the art that shared them, that brought them to life with beautiful imagination, were something that I always remembered as part of my fondest experiences. And while I grew out of comics in the 90s, more by necessity because I needed the money to pay for the things that were getting me through college and all of the other parts of life that involved growing up, when I learned that Milestone was coming back, that there was an opportunity to see the new stories that could be told in this world, in this universe that had been so captivating. I immediately thought of all the, the great things that would be coming our way. So when I heard about the Milestone Initiative, I thought, this is it. I, I'm really lucky to hear about this great project in which the creators of the Milestone comic line would create a program new rising emerging talent would be introduced to the process of developing characters and stories and books and then the continuing process of bringing them to life for audiences and working through all of the details that make them those things that for me are always going to be beautiful, wonderful memories of Milestone. I first decided to reach out to Cameron White because I was captivated by the examples I saw when I looked up the work they've been doing. And after a little bit of conversation, we were able to sit down for a great interview. But as I was editing the conversation we had and getting it ready to share with you, I reached out to a few other artists who were part of the initiative and found out that they were unable to talk with me and that I was asked to speak with some great people at DC who let me know that they were in the midst of a series of things that would be introducing the Milestone Initiative to the public. And as part of that, they were requesting a temporary hold on releasing my conversation with Cameron White or scheduling any interviews until that period had passed. Now, timing, communication, life, all these factors get in the way, and it was only through the valiant efforts of Cameron White and his amazing contact Tracy at DC Comics that I was able to learn that that time period has since passed, and I am now able to gratefully share with you this wonderful conversation that I had with Cameron about art, about so many of the wonderful things that come with a conversation about art. 
And, well, for me, the great chance to finally share this story with you and the wonder that is the art that Cameron White has been creating and is creating now with the Milestone Initiative. And I'm excited to have him back on soon so we can talk more about it. Enjoy with me now this wonderful chat that has been waiting to be revealed to you. Hit record now because we can't we can't miss this at least just for that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you want to blur them out, I totally understand. They won't be a distraction for me. Yeah. But they are quite um how how shall I say delightful? So if you find yeah. me smiling at different moments, it could just be because I'm like, oh, they're so they're so cute. <laughs> yeah. In the um the bio. It said I at first they oh sorry at first they asked us like oh can you um write a bio about yourself and I put hundreds of squishmallows as a joke and then my my partner was like no don't say that they'll think I'm a freak please don't say <laughs> so I changed it to like okay dozens of squishmallows I changed it but I don't think um, DC got the message so now it says hundreds of squishmallows. <laughs> I remember reading that in the bio and then I went to your um, your site and everything and I've been yeah. doing everything and all of my stuff is off that for for today. I, I, I'm going to go back and want to read that again because yeah. now that you say it, I'm like, that does sound like something. I, but I didn't make a connection because until yeah. this moment, I haven't seen them. And now that I can, when I go back and read, I'm going to be like, oh, Squishmallows. Yeah, Aww. Squishmallows. squishmallows. <laughs> the, uh, my mom was like, what the hell is a Squishmallow? When she... <laughs> It that I showed her so yeah <laughs> and and then here's my favorite like as I as I continue to get older and continue mm. to keep getting comic book t-shirts that my mom just looks at and goes you're so weird I mean she's she's 77 now she's sort of just like I don't understand why but mm. I love you yeah. um <laughs> yeah so I was no. curious what was her response when you said here mom this is what it is did she go oh or was there a to comics? <laughs> no, to the to the squishmallows. You oh, said she, she hadn't seen them either. And when you finally showed it, I always love that presentation. You're like, look, and they're like, and there's always parents. Oh yeah, yeah. Responses. She has. Um, I told her that my partner collects them, and um, she was like, okay. And then I showed her a picture of all of them, and she was like, oh wow. <laughs> she was just like, oh. Oh wow, that's funny. Yeah, there's more like all over the place, and uh, I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll just let you, I'll let you do this. <laughs> hey, it makes, you know, it makes them happy. There so, you go. There, you so. know, I, I can definitely say making my partner happy is the yeah. one thing that I tell people guarantees I sleep good at night. It's yeah. just, it's that thing. It's like, wait, is she happy? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to sleep good tonight. So yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. That can be, Hey, um, despite what is clearly my problem with time zones, thanks for setting aside some time and sitting yeah. down with me today. I really thank you for inviting it. me. My, my pleasure. I, I'm one of those people who isn't, who does not engage with Twitter often mm. with great regularity. But I love to just pick it up when I'm doing something, usually a mundane task or if I'm taking a break and I'm just catching up. And your announcement was so enthusiastic. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, I also, I do podcasting with a, a nerd site and mm. we were, we were talking about the announcement about everyone who's part of the initiative. Mm. And for me, it's a thrill. Uh, Milestone completely opened my eyes in the nineties when it first came out. Mm. Hardware was like a character who just like he was doing that impossible thing. You know, he was using this amazing genius um, to fight back against a benefactor who had essentially, you know, manipulated him, taking credit mm. for so much of his stuff was doing terrible things with his works. And for me, that was such a, a beautiful struggle. Like it seemed hopeless. And yet mm. it's in a hopeless situation that hope is always, you know, possible that you can find reasons for. So starting from that point on that, and there was an introductory letter with uh, Milestone in which they gave you a playing card. Mm. And I remember the letter said, like, don't you keep that card in plastic. I want you to take it outside. Mm. I want you to put it in your bike spokes. I want you to hear that clackety clackety. Like, yeah. it, was, it was really like, it was so, so Milestone for me really changed so much of what I knew about comics at that point. And I'd only mm. been involved for a couple of years. So I was kind of finding my way through DC, but not only was it the style, but they also had this original color. So, so mm. many things about it imprinted on me at that point. And when, when it was announced that they were coming back out, one, I was excited. And then the second thought I had was, well, you know, one of the biggest challenges was that they started with a great thing, but when complications arose, how do you like find ways past it? And I, I was thinking about, wow, they're going to have to think about how they do that. So when the initiative was announced, for me, it was so exciting to think about like, wow, what a growth. Sorry, I have dogs and one of them just decided to do. Her. No, it's OK. It's I'm okay. relaxed and happy thing. And yeah. I can hear it. It's like, yeah, you sound like you're tearing something up, but don't worry. She's fine. Um, <laughs> get to it. Get to it later. <laughs> right. But with the announcement, it, it, it was like, wow, that's how you that's how you guarantee that something has a future. You start mm. building the next generation. You say, look, we need to have uh, something in place for those who are coming up. We need to have a, a way of guaranteeing that the future is not only seeing themselves represented in these stories, but knows that it's possible for them to play an active role in that as an artist, mm. as a storyteller, anything like that. So that's what first brought me uh, or you to my attention, my awareness about one, your involvement, two, your announcement. Um, and now I'm excited because since I've had a chance to read up on you, there's a lot of fun things I want to I talk <laughs> about. But um, first off, for, for those who are just discovering you, who is? uh cameron <laughs> who is cameron white who is cameron who is mr white uh yeah. who, who am i speaking with today <laughs> um you're speaking to <laughs> an artist who is pretty stubborn <laughs> you so basically uh through my artist journey real quick um i didn't stop I, of course everyone brings up the oh i started i kept I started drawing since kindergarten, you know, but um, everyone brings up that story, you know, but I, actually I was, I got in trouble for like doodling on desks and stuff. I'll never forget when I got sent to the principal's office for drawing George Washington on the desk but, <laughs> and it went on. I was always in trouble for like doodling and, um, you know, always in trouble for like making comics in class passing around comics in class. I got in trouble because I passed around a comic I liked and then the title was Witch. 
and everyone was like, who's <laughs> passing around this speech comic <laughs> at the Catholic school I went to. So that wasn't <laughs> fun. Um, and then my mom was like, well, since you get in trouble for like doodling a lot and you draw a lot, why don't you go to um, HSPVA, which is in Houston. It's a high school for uh, performing and visual arts. And I got into the visual art department, but uh, the stubborn part comes in is they actually banned me kind of from making comics because <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't see it as an art form. I want to say they're more into like fine arts. You have to um, only do like paintings. And if you're doing comics and animation, it has to be in like a fine arts display. So to defy that, I would take huge boards and like make comics on them and color them in watercolor. My parents still have it just so I can do comics because I'm like, you're not going to stop me. I was so obsessed. <laughs> then um, I got into a Minneapolis College of Art and, De art and Design um, and I graduated with a BFA in comic art in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I'm still here <laughs> and yeah, it's, I guess that's some of my journey. Um, but just my parents always like, you're always like in your room drawing or in your room, like under the covers, drawing comics and showing them off, like stapling them together and like making people flip through them. So, yep. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that, for some people sharing their art is the hardest thing. And mm. it sounds like from the earliest stage, you're like, Oh no, this is awesome here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. love that, that interest in just immediate, like, I want to know what you think of it. I think it's great, but mm. here, take a look. I did this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it sounds like it was always that way. From mm. Kindergarten on, right. You would draw, then you would put together the books. Um, I like the idea of sharing comic books while at a Catholic school. Um, my mom taught at a private school for a couple mm. of years and they wouldn't give her a raise, but they eventually gave her free tuition for me and my sister. So guess mm. what? We ended up for a couple of years because she's like, there, yeah. I'm getting my money somehow. So guess <laughs> what? And it was right. It was there actually that I met a friend who got me into comics. And from that moment on, it was like, oh, wow, this is going to be an interesting difference between the comics I'm reading and the private school I'm going to. Yeah. And I love that then you transition this into the art school where in, in order to continue what you wanted to do, you did comics in watercolor. Cause when I saw that as one of the styles used, it was going to be a question. Of mine, but yeah. Tell me how we transition from ink to pencil to watercolor. You know, mm. That seemed like a really yeah. choice. Do you still find yourself using watercolor quite a great deal? Is that something that people will see when they're looking at your art? Is that an influence? I want to get back into it. Uh, I've mostly like transferred into digital as from what a lot of people uh, seen because with um, digital, the good thing is it's just all there, you know, and with watercolor, my desk is a mess, but with watercolor, it's just like, I have to take all these tools out and whatnot, but I'm, I am trying to get back into it. I've, gotten back into like color pencil and um you know doing sketches in a journal so 
hopefully, yeah, I'll get <laughs> more into it. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about the fact that I came across some really great stuff and I'm just going to probably bounce around because I've got mm. notes and it's always fun. But uh, the things that I was finding as I was looking through, I was like, yeah, I want to hear more about that. Like mm. you want to create original characters. And that's one of mm. the things I think that milestone really needs. I mean, it's yeah. got a great beginning and it's going back to that to start, but you need to expand just like they need to expand with new artists and writers. Mm. They need to expand with new characters. Um, yeah. I also noticed that you're not just, you know, someone who does illustration. You also do some writing. Yes. Mm, yeah. Um, do you see on the horizon new characters that you would love to create for the Milestone universe? Have you created any already, but you can't talk about them? What is what does that possibility look like? Um, for the Milestone universe? Uh, no, I have not created any characters, but I do it's weird because I can just read something or get like influenced by something or see a, like a picture of somebody. I'm like, that would make for like a good character. <laughs> like I am kind of like a factory, not to be like that person, but I'm kind of like a factory kind of when it comes to making like original characters, it's just like, and I just love because, you know, our world is so diverse, you know, so I want to make a bunch of characters based off of that. And yeah, maybe in the future, I would love to design some characters for Milestone. If they asked me to, um, I'm, I'd be like, uh, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, what do you need? Here's like 5,000 iterations of this. But yeah, definitely. Um, I would be very into it. So I'm curious, too, about the fact that you have a great interest in character worlds as well as fashion design. Does, mm. does the interest in worlds and fashion design, is that all part of the process of creating a character? Like, does mm. that help inform when you see something and you're like, that would make a great character? Mm. You know, does it start with the identity of the character or yeah. the look of the character? Is there a fashion design factor that also mm. is part of that intrinsic process? I'm just curious, like, Creating characters is so different for each person. Mm. So I was curious about your approach. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't really think about fashion. They're like, oh, I have to be like, they think you kind of have to be like hoity-toity a bit to think of it. And I know I don't look like much because I'm just wearing like a sweater and stuff. But um, yeah. I think you look great. I think the headphones <laughs> are a gorgeous uh, choice. Yeah. I'm so glad you agreed to the video because... Trust me, it's it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But uh, yeah, a lot of people don't think about how what a character wears definitely informs them about their personality, like a lot. Like, for instance, like if a person like wears just like T-shirt and jeans all the time, they're like more laid back, they're more comfortable. Meanwhile, like a person, you know, who's like into a specific style, for instance, like um, goth or more like alternative like punk rock and stuff like that so I think about that a lot and put thought into that like well what does this character wear or what do they like to wear or like what's in their wardrobe because it can tell a lot about um, the character as well and yeah and I also think there's so much about why we choose to wear the things that feel comfortable mm. to us that would yeah. immediately be clear with a character. I mean, a character who feels like 
they're confident in their body or that they mm. want to, you know, share their body. We'll wear yeah. something tight fitting, something that shows off mm. as, you know, as much as they feel comfortable. Someone else who feels like uh, they don't have that confidence will wear baggy or sort of, mm. you know, maybe loose, less draw attention, maybe not even as baggy, but designed clearly to say, look, I don't want that to be the focus. Mm. When I'm presenting to the world, this is how I want to present. Um, and then in between, I mean, depending on how you feel, if comfort is king, then it doesn't care what you yeah. look like. It's how comfortable mm. are you? So, so many of those factors would, would point out to us just visually, oh, you can probably, you know, consider the possibility of this with a character or you might be able to see certain things. And then you'll notice like, oh, that also goes with their pose or their mannerisms mm. or their positioning. Um, so I, I really like that approach because I, I agree. When you think about fashion, I mean, what we wear so often introduces us to people. It can share really quickly. Like, oh, that's how they choose to be. That's how mm -hmm. they choose to feel. And their fashion is giving us some insight into that. Um, <laughs> now, I also feel if you get somebody at home, you're, you're definitely dealing with a whole other animal because who we are at home and who we are in public. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like <laughs> their rooms, like what's in their room? Like what do they collect? Right. Um, you know, do they have like, do they like lighting? Do they like it dark with like a heavy curtain in their room? Just, it, yeah, just, just a lot of things that we don't think about that contributes to like our personality and especially like a character's personality. So, and it's, it's a little surprising, you know, you would imagine like, cause I, I know that fashion and comics can be so often what is trendy, what is popular, mm. especially when mm. you're dealing with like superheroes. It's like, yeah, you look at the nineties and it was all about bandoliers and, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. and different things like that, where you were like, Oh, this is clearly what's popular and people would emulate it. But there's also a form and a function. And then of course there is the identity that goes with that. Like what type of person wears this? I mean, come on, we've got a guy dressed up as a bat in Batman. Like, yeah. What kind of guy wears this costume? How mm -hmm. much of it equates to psychology, identity, purpose, things like that. So mm. I was curious when it, when it comes to you, is there ever sort of one guarantee with a character creation or does it usually come from a different place each time? Can there be patterns where it's like, I see colors or, um, I see a situation, I imagine the character in it. Is there a place where it usually starts with you or can it be just a moment of inspiration, anything's possible? Uh, most of the time it's uh, a moment of inspiration. Uh, okay. I have like, this is embarrassing to admit, I have like 5 million Pinterest boards and <laughs> like all like very specific like fashion or like I have one specifically like for people like, that's just like different like uh, facial features or different like hairstyles and things like that that all contribute to like character ideas. So um, yeah, it's sorry if I'm blinking, but <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes it's like a moment of inspiration and sometimes it's uh, me like really thinking about it. Like, okay, well, sometimes I like to try out like different hairstyles with the character, different like outfits with the character to before I get to like that one, you know, I'm sorry if I'm not making sense, but <laughs> describing a process, especially yeah. creatively is extremely yeah. difficult. So I appreciate every attempt 
it's 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 interesting when you do something you know you just do it but when yeah. you stop to analyze it or explain it well yeah. that's when it can get a little bit <laughs> yeah i'm just like wait how do i do that how what do i do <laughs> thinking back but um mostly yeah to answer the question for the most part it is a um spur of the moment like oh like that hairstyle is like really cool and that's really that would like re- look really good on a character so maybe let me like jot that down yeah i i used to i remember when my um mom lived in chicago and i kept a sketchbook around i saw someone with like a really cool like green like mohawk hairstyle and i just like took out my like pins and i was like jot that down jot that down draw that draw that out <laughs> so yeah for, like a character inspiration so yeah i'm kind of like nutty with it i guess i want to say <laughs> No, I I completely understand because there are plenty of moments where I'll I'll see something, I'll consider something, and in that moment I'm like, okay, so what if there was a character who is doing this and then a story, and then there's the race mm. to get to the pen, pencil, computer, somewhere to write yeah. it down, um, and then you know that's always the process. But where it comes from always feels mm. like uh, it can be usually when I'm paying like kind of the least attention to anything work related, but I'm enjoying something. And then in that moment, there will be something that catches my attention. And mm. however it does from that moment, it's like, huh, I wonder. And then <laughs> and that's where yeah. it goes for me. So it sounds like it could be similar, a little familiar to, yeah. uh, to what you were describing. I, I think it's also interesting because, um, you know, sometimes it can be like, well, that's a nice idea. But what is it like, how do I turn it into something that's real? You know, how Mm. do I take what seems like an idea and flesh it out into a real character? And I liked what you were describing about matching hairstyles and things like that. Because once you get one thing to click, then Mm. it's like, okay, now I go from here. Right. Now I go from here. What else do I want it to look like? And you can Mm. start to shape that thing. Um, So I, I, I really appreciate you just making the effort, taking the attempt to go through it. Um, I also wanted to give you an opportunity to share some stuff that I thought was really cool in that, you know, we're going to get to milestone initiative in a minute Mm. because I want to hear about that process. But there's a period from you at uh, the two schools that you were talking about. And then there's been some recent work that you've had a chance to be a part of. Um, You know, you point points out really clearly in the information I read that you want to make sure that you have an opportunity to tell personal stories. And mm. I, I like the idea of, you know, something that I felt that people found with Milestone is that you could find characters who, mm. you know, represented a, a pretty wide swath of mm. the community. And it was a wider one than you had seen up to that point from DC or Marvel. You know, you had a smattering of, of characters who represented a, a bit of the community, but a, a really invested sense of here. Like, for example, you know, Blood Syndicate takes place in a mm. very specific neighborhood. You know, it's designed to showcase yeah. this one area. And I think in many ways, the idea of telling personal stories that reflect what you see when you think about neighborhood or community is a great mm. opportunity. And you've already had a chance to do that with uh, We Are Here. It's an uh, yeah. all-trans anthology. And yeah. it also received, a, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but an Ignatz Award? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell me about that that project. What what you know people might hear that and go, 
okay, tell me more about this anthology. And if I like this guy, I might want to go check it out. Yeah. You so tell us about that? It's, um, so it's a, we are here all trans anthology and it's basically a pretty big, it's a pretty big one. All these artists who uh, identify as um, trans in the LGBT community um, contributing to this book. And um, yeah, some telling personal stories, some telling like fictional stories. Uh, I know with my story, um, it was more, uh, you know, my personal story of how I'm seen and being afraid of being seen. Uh, Mostly because like when you transition, um, you're afraid as, well, for me being um, female to male, you're afraid of literally anything that's deemed feminine because you're afraid that'll take you like a bit step back. So that's not for everybody, but I had to learn to go against that because I'm just like, well, even though, you know, I'm trans mask, I still like fashion. I still like, you know, painting my nails and stuff like that. But people would be like, oh, that's confusing. You know, it's that they, in their mind of like what a man is or what it means to be masked, it's like, I wasn't doing enough of it (laughs) or something like that. And also what I also put in there is just like the fear of not only being a trans man, but a black trans man, you know, and being like, will I ever be seen as, you know, as a you know man in my community and like my family just those um insecurities that i had but i did include at the end like what my mother told to me uh <laughs> the title of my comics called um i think out of the box and she told me she's like everybody wants to just check a box you know just have a category for everybody and just check a box off they they need like you know a name for something so you don't have to confine yourself to that box you're just Cameron just be Cameron you know so I was just like yeah that's true I don't have to like be specific box you know I can I'm you know life is short um I can do whatever I want that makes me happy so um that's my story from the anthology I, wow. Well, one, I want to start with the thing that stuck with me just when you said it, um, your mom offered a really great mm. insight right there. Uh, I, I love the possibility of a parent being able to, I think that's gotta be the trickiest thing with a parent. Mm. Like, how do you say the thing that you know is going to make the best impact for your child? Yeah. And that's always, you know, if that's the goal, whatever your idea of best impact is, you know, from that point on, you want it to resonate. And I would mm. imagine based on how it appeared in your comic and also how it felt when you said it to me, that it it resonated with you, that it was that thing that, you know, maybe you don't even know if you want to hear it, but that, you know, when you do hear it, it's something mm. you, you, you're going to keep with you. You know, mm. you, you're not even sure how much you needed it, but you know, afterwards, you, you don't want to be without it. Like, okay, mm. that's something I, I really want to keep with me. And also the idea behind it, you know, so simply put, be yourself. I mean, yeah. it's that easy thing we say to people, but it's so hard when people are busy trying to say, hey, wait a minute, 
what you're doing doesn't fit with what I think yeah. you should be doing or being. And, yeah. you know, going back to the example you were just describing about like, look, I'm moving from one thing to another, but that mm. doesn't mean I didn't like things or that yeah. I want to leave all of that behind. Like yeah. if you choose to paint your nails, it's not a sign that you're regressing back to, you know, mm. something that you're changing, that you're um, regretting. Maybe it's, it's yeah. nothing to do with that. It's like, look, this was something that gave me pleasure. And it, mm. if it gives me pleasure and it's not hurting others and it's mm. safe for me as well, why can't it be something that I get to bring with me? I mean, yeah. um, I'm not going to get mad at anyone who decides they want to have, and I don't think anyone else should that, Hey, you got a couple of childhood stuffed animals that you kept with you and you're 40 mm -hmm. or 50. Guess what? Yeah. You, you brought that with you. It was a part of your life before you're not a child anymore, but mm -hmm. why should something like that, you know? So yeah, I, I'm interested in that idea, not only because of what your mom said to you, but what you were describing about your experience, how you're able to relate this into the story. Mm. Uh, how many pages is it at Curiosity? It's a, it's part of an anthology. So I yep. imagine there's, there's kind of like a, a condensed property mm. you have to keep in mind with telling uh, a story in a comic like that. How, how long is uh, Out of the Box? Um, I think it's around eight pages, I want to say. Yeah, so that's a lot, of, a lot of storytelling in a very yeah. short period of time. Yeah, um, um, seven, eight pages, if I believe. Uh, if someone fact checks me and it's like, you're wrong, I'm like, I'm sorry, it's been it's been a while. But yeah, I think it's around like seven, eight pages. Yeah, and if someone's fact checking, um, I'm just going to say this is a human discussion between two <laughs> human beings who are fallible. So yeah. <laughs> at any point in time, I'm going to be probably wrong on plenty of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you are allowed the same, uh, the same recordings. So uh, I'm curious just how you got connected with the anthology. Was this a story you'd already created? Did you hear about the anthology and write mm. the story? Because, you know, did chicken or egg, which came mm. first? <laughs> um, they reached out to me around, uh, I, I want to say, yeah, they reached out to me first. It was around 2017, 2018. And this was around right when I was like coming out. So this, yeah, this was a very important story uh, to me because before, you know, also I liked like wearing makeup and other stuff. And um, yeah, it was just, they're just like, write your own story. We have an editor, but we won't like take from it, you know? just write what you want to write. And I was like, okay, um, cool. And since that was something I was struggling with at the moment and it was just on my mind, um, that's what I put into the comic. Did they mention how they had, how you had come across their radar, their sort of um, attention? Had you been working on a project that, that garnered some interest? Were you, were they just cruising online and saw great stuff from you? How did that yeah, I think they were just uh, cruising online and they just reached out to me. <laughs> hey, it's impressive when you can catch someone's eye like that, right? Mm, I mean, that yeah. should say something alone. Like, wow, you stopped to look and then you stopped mm. because you're interested and then you contacted me. So mm. clearly, you know, the, things built in a positive way. I also wanted to point out that that is not the only project that people mm. can find your work in right now. There's also an illustrated story you did for... Uh, the Proud Anthology. It was collected yeah. by uh, Judo Dawson. What can you tell us about that? And so, winning book of the year? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's got to be some good story in this. Please. Yeah. Don't let me get in so the um, Proud um, is a book. Um, 
edited and collected by uh, Juno Dawson, who is a trans activist. And basically the book is a bunch of writers, uh, LGBTQ writers coming together and um, making a story. And then it's a bunch of LGBTQ um, artists um, accompanying that story with the illustration. And um, my story that I did, which I thought was really fun, was it was like a high school young adult version of Pride and Prejudice, but with um, but with two uh, high school girls instead. And I was like, oh, this this is sick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> like I love those, um, you know, high school like dramas, those high school. So I was like, yeah, I'll definitely um, illustrate for that. But a lot of it was fun. Um, yeah, it was really fun to do work for. Everyone's like stuff looks amazing in it. And the stories are really great, too. So, um, yeah, that's that's the book. <laughs> that's huge. Was that mm -hmm. another one where they simply found you or did yeah. that come out of some other? Really? So, yeah. I would say whatever you're doing to continue sharing yeah. your art, keep doing it yeah. because clearly it's catching plenty of people's attention. That's the biggest thing. It seems like the majority of folks who are online for whatever reason are like, mm. notice me. Yeah. Please notice that's, me. That's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the difference is you're getting that notice. Mm. And I, I took a look at your art. It is uh, phenomenal. In fact, thank you. Before I get to uh, some milestone questions, I just want to say some names. And anyone, if you're listening, rewind a second, write these back down, mm. go to his website. I promise I will uh, share information and, and give you ways to access it. But some some ones that caught my attention. Uh, our skin is a blessing. Um, mm. Can you tell me a little bit about just what inspired you know uh, creating it? The uh, it's got mm. gorgeous texture, gorgeous mm. tone. I love the shading. Um, I'm by no means an art major, art mm. critic, art expert, but I know what I love, and mm. that one really spoke to me. I was wondering if you could just tell me about that creation. Um. Am I allowed to curse on here or? Yeah, I'm <laughs> oh. fine with it. I try okay. and be like the, you know, civil one, but you get me yeah. into a conversation. I have no problem. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So <laughs> let me open. Let me open the door that way for you. OK, please. Um, so there's a song. Um, the artist, I believe, is Petit Noir. I want to say if I get the artist's name wrong, um, he has a song called Blame Fire. And uh, I like that song a lot. But during the song, he says, um, one of the lyrics is, our skin is a blessing. Mm. Uh, fuck the curse, you know? Because, and I, I, I love that lyric because so many um, dark-skinned people, especially dark-skinned Black people, we're, like, often, um, you know, shunned for our skin color all the time. So instead, it was just, like, wear it as, like, a badge of honor, you know? Love, love your skin. Love the skin you're in. And I just love that um, lyric because I recently texted my mom. My mom's, like, way, 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 way lighter than me. I think... Um, 
<laughs> I think I'm like me and my older sister are like the darkest siblings in there, right? And because our dad, but um, <laughs> genetics, but um, yeah, growing up, I she never told me how to hate my skin or you know i never felt bad for it because she made sure like even though she wasn't my skin tone she'd made sure growing up that she would buy me like barbies with my skin tone or like books with that just so i could see myself and feel represented and i grew up you know i i actually like thanked her recently i was like uh thank you for that because i grew up being proud of who i was and i never you know sadly like looked at myself and it makes me so sad when um i i remember i had a cousin and told me who told me like i wish i was lighter and stop hating her skin because she's like and i'm just like no but yeah it it, it's i love that piece (laughs) i'm glad you brought it up but yeah it was just something that um i needed to get out of my system because I love that lyric and I wanted to contribute something to it. Sorry if I went all over the place. No, that like was a, a gorgeous journey. That plus, trust me that my, one of my favorite parts is when you say, well, I'm just going to go this way to see, yeah. just, just going to take a little bit. And yeah. that was lovely. It, it was, uh, it was something I responded to because I have a great friend who was a classmate of mine in uh, grad school. And, um, she's she started this program called she and she sort of investigated the idea behind color Mm. is part of her writing projects and afterwards she went on to get her phd and now she runs a a nonprofit called colorism healing Mm. where she has a series of discussions with people from many walks of life where she is investigating when did you first notice color why was Mm. it important for her Mm. it's a story where she noticed a girl was darker than her And she said it like kind of loud, like, wow, Mm. she's dark. And it really stuck with her that she said that, Mm. why she said it, what it means. And it's been something she's investigated, you know, for herself. And she's Mm. unwrapped some really interesting ideas. And it's, it's, it's really powerful. So I was, I was struck by it. I thought it was really important. Um, And afterwards it, trust me, I would love to connect the two of you. Cause as soon as you were describing that, I was like, wow, her name's Sarah, Dr. Sarah Webb. She's mm. this really just amazing, bright, <laughs> one of those <laughs> smiles that lights up a room. Uh, I love catching when she's doing a talk. There's a few others I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Okay. Lion Babe. Um, oh, <laughs> that's because well, it's what... just beautiful. I mean, the, the, the orange, the, the shades of orange you drop yeah. in there between that and the wonderful tinting is just magic. That's one of the ones I always feel like I should take off my website, but I, I leave it up. Um, that was actually a class project in um, my illustration class in college. They were just like, uh, make a band poster. And I was really into the group Lion Babe. Like, so we had to make a fake uh, poster. And I was just like, oh, man, I love Lion Babe so much. So might as well do it. And um, yeah, so I made them a band poster. Luckily enough, they saw it and they liked it a lot. So I was kind of starstruck by that. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, this is so cool and stuff like that. <laughs> like, thanks. Wow. But I'm like, oh, God, this is embarrassing. But yeah, that's um, that's the story behind that. It's just a fan poster. 
I loved class. it. Um, yeah. it. It was really uh, a treat. And, and it also, uh, I moved from that in a fun sort of diagonal to trans boy joy, which is mm. just, if it, it, it looks effortless, which to me is mm. usually the definition of mastery. Like when you yeah. see someone in their skill and it feels effortless when you're looking at it, that's how mm. it felt to me. Can you just share uh, either inspiration or what it was like creating that? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's just little things. I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's just little things in my life that I, th- with this podcast, I'm realizing that it's just like, oh, dang, I just like take something from it. Anything, hey, that I means guess. I'm asking good, good questions. Yeah, yeah. And I love that you're bringing your joy to the conversation. So don't turn it off. <laughs> but um, I was buying um, for sleep purposes i was buying a, a bonnet and a do-rag and i was buying them like different colors right so for fun for fun they had ones that you can choose the color the person who makes them you can choose the color and i chose um pink and like a light kind of minty blue right and i was just like when i got it i realized oh these are like the trans flag colors a bit so um i use that do-rag as an inspiration you know because you know um also growing up you do not really see any like representation of a lot of black trans masks and whatnot and often in trans uh media or what you see of like you know trans um individuals and like black individuals it's just like i want to say like disheartening like um the trans stories that i've seen is like always just like has to be sad and has to be like um grueling kind of and same with like black individuals and media i i want to say just like uh trauma porn i think that's the word I want to say, you know, having to show those traumatic experiences rather than showing our joy. So um, with that piece, um, I just wanted to show um, Black trans boy joy. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what it is with the piece. I hope I'm making sense. But yeah, a a lot of times with media, we're especially uh, with Black people, it again the trauma porn and like always showcasing us struggling or hurt and like just displaying that everywhere over social media and everything so um that's something i wanted to do you're making a lot of sense i want to say that right now and i'm going to pause at times because i love when i'm talking with someone and they're connecting their conversation to conversations i've had Mm. that i can draw that can give Mm. me not only a context but a reference point um Mm. there's an hbo show on right now uh, Mm. called winning time and it's Mm. about the la lakers and one of the writers rodney barnes uh is also uh, a comic book writer Mm. um he's currently got um rita hayes is it Hayes oh. or Hawes, the nightmare blog? Mm. Um, and uh, it's interesting that when I was talking with him, it was because he had done a, he had done a comic for Oni Press. And the interesting thing, it was a, 
it was about a young man coming into his powers. I, I want to say he's like 16, 17. Mm. And while we were talking about it, an interesting thing that he pointed out to me was that he had an intention in mind where he wanted to have a character come into their own, their identity and their powers without having it to be prefaced or based on a trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought that was really important, you know, when he was describing that, because I, I found that to be something that when I thought about it, I was like, you're right. So often the importance behind the character's message is the suffering they experience that then drives them forward. And is it necessary in every story that does the suffering have to be the catalyst, the impetus, mm. the, the thing that, that makes them respond or do things. And I love that you're describing like, look, I wanted to create something that goes from an opposite direction that, mm. that offers up a, a version of the story that isn't based on it's all trauma and suffering. And every yeah. once in a while, the sun breaks through the clouds. It's no, actually there can be more than one story. And mm. I would imagine that uh, based on that example, you gave us from your mom that you were yeah. able to share that there, there can be a spectrum to the story mm. and there can be bright points along that spectrum. And uh, I think Transboy Joy does a, uh, a a lovely job of conveying that. Even without understanding that message, I was just really caught by that. There's, we were talking about fashion earlier, mm. and it it reminds me of that idea of what you feel comfortable in. And that painting to me, that art to me, says, "Ah, this is so comfortable." Like you just yeah, get that yeah. feeling of like, isn't this comfortable? Yeah. Um, and I love that the uh, the information you shared about the colors. I'm uh, a person who hopes to learn more every day. So mm. uh, when you described uh, that those colors are the mm. trans flag colors, I was mm. like, okay, going to file <laughs> that away because, you know, there's just another context that I can add mm. to that. And hearing stories like that is an absolute delight. Um, I want to take a minute and just uh, talk for a moment, if you would, about your journey um, from some of these great projects we've been talking about and your own mm. independent art to then how did you become involved with the Milestone Initiative? What was that? Um, you know, I, I recently was talking to someone last night at a dinner party. And I found out he was a contestant on a reality show. It didn't last mm. long. It was like a jousting show. And oh, he was like yeah. the smallest guy and all this other fun stuff. And hearing about the process, it's not glamorous to say the least for reality television. And it made me think as I was preparing for our conversation, I'm like, okay, it, there's a possibility we you might not want to divulge if there's some, you know, gritty or unpleasant, but there's also a process that without your insight is kind of a magical mystery to all of us. Like, so you got it. Okay. But how did you even get to the point where you could get it? Uh, how did it all start for you? Um. So they announced it on dc fandom uh you know the online i remember yeah. that moment yeah, yeah it was a huge deal it was like it are was you kidding crazy. me yeah Milestone, they're gonna do the initiative yeah like, wow what was it like for you were you watching I was it just live like, or <laughs> um i think i was bit this is this is how embarrassing i am I have a discord server for uh dc information <laughs> that i run <laughs> You're and, not alone, man. You're yeah. not alone. <laughs> and um, one of my friends in there, he was like, oh, did you see this? Like, did you see this, like, news that uh, Milestone's, like, coming back and they're, like, doing a Milestone initiative? And then, um, yeah, I saw it on Twitter. And then I was like, okay, I was busy that day. So I'm like, I got to click back. 
and I watched it and I saw them like talk about it and they're like, yeah, so we're like looking for people to apply and join and stuff. And I was like, oh man, oh, after like a lot of like self-doubt, <laughs> there was a lot of self-doubt. There was a lot of, oh God, well, I, I, there's going to be like hundreds of people applying for this. Like, am I even going to get in and stuff like that? And I think I was talking, and then I brought it up to my dad. I was just like, oh, oh, there's like a thing going on. And my dad was just like, if you don't apply for this, you're going to hate yourself for the rest of your life. Ouch, dad, you know, not coming yeah, he, in soft. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it was, it was a tough love I needed. He's just like, what do you have to lose? He's like, nice. what do you have to lose? If, if you... And, he, you know, it's um, with the prompt, you know, it's with uh, he's like, it's with one of your favorite characters of all time. Um, I'll I'll relay the process later. But, yeah, um, he was just like, well, I'll say it now because um, the process basically for it. I don't think I'm invading any NDA stuff because it was on online and everyone knew about it. But um, basically you had to write. Um, I want to say two essays if you're on the artist side because uh, there's artists and writers who applied and for the artist side you had to make um, two essays and then you had to um, do um, a three-page off of a script that um, I think Vida Ayala wrote on Twitter uh, you'll see on Twitter but writes for a, a static right now Oh yeah, she's yeah. phenomenal. She's written yeah, she's for a great. couple of other books. I'm I'm a huge fan. And thank you for pronouncing her name because I think in my head, and then when I've said it, I've said it like Vida. Vida? Ayala, so. I mean, if I I probably said it wrong. I probably said it wrong. Just I now. have no Vida. idea either, guys. I'm so you can sorry. Us. Whatever. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah. Um, so we had to go off that script, and I he was like, my dad was like, okay, well, what's the script about? I'm like, oh, this was static. And he's like, well, that's like one of your favorite superheroes ever. Like, what do you have to lose just drawing your favorite superhero? So after that, more time, me freaking out, uh, going back and forth. Um, I wrote um, essays for it. There's two essays. I wrote two essays for it. Um, one being like, why do you want to be a DC milestone artist? And what was something you had to overcome before? And I penciled the three pages and then I was like, okay, <laughs> it's in, it's in, um, we'll see from here. And then um, I got the call back and I was just like, <laughs> how much time went by? How much time went by before the callback? Um, like, did did you forget they had like enough time gone by that you were like, oh, this will never, you know, oh, they, I, they never, I, I never, I never. I never forgot. <laughs> it was all, it was always on my mind. Um, I think it was like one or two months. And then they're like, hi, you, we've narrowed it down, but we'd like to have an interview with you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, God. Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. everybody uh, loves an interview. And yeah. It at them. <laughs> like shaking, having like horrible, like anxiety, stomach aches. Me also, like, yeah, also 
me what I like to do sometimes is like um, my aunt beads a lot so I like to like wear her uh, beading and stuff kind of like for protection and like less anxiety and me also like doing um, prayers and smudge prayers before going in Hey, bring and whatever energy you can. To whatever energy, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, then I had the interview. And then I'm just like, oh, I, I probably bombed that. And then they called me back. And then I got in and I was like, and I don't, I don't think it hit. I, I've, it's still not hitting at all. I'm just like, oh, wow. I'm actually like going to do art for like Milestone in DC. Like I've been a fan since like forever. This is, and then again, I looked insane during the interview because I had like notes everywhere. And I even brought my high school journal and I was pointing to a page that, that put the, put I was pointing to a page and it and on page it says I want to create stories and create characters that like benefit other people and that people can like feel represented this is and I, I underlined it and it said this is what I want to do in life and I was like this page right here <laughs> and yeah just all the time and I just think back to the teachers not to dog on HSPVA who are just like, no, this comics, blah, blah, blah. That's not like, okay. But I'm just like, no, I want to work for like DC comics and I'm going to do this. And um, here I am for DC comics milestone, especially crazy, like milestone, like a character characters that I like looked up to artists. I, and writers that I looked up to for like so long. And like, now I'm like, joining that initiative is just it, it still blows my mind to think about but yeah here i am here i am <laughs> to, to give it some context when were you first introduced to milestone to the characters you know was it through the show static what did you get the comics first what, what was your process it was, was definitely through the show static <laughs> okay At, like it was i loved that show it was basically sitting every Saturday morning, just like waiting for it. And I, I remember I recently rewatched the show in college because I love it so much. But um, also, um, I love Static because I mentioned this. I love Static because he he's a Black kid who's, you know, trying to balance his powers in school life he was basically and they said this i think they said this during the fandom thing but he was like black spider-man before there was a black spider-man really he was like into dungeons and dragons he was into you know video games all this nerdy stuff but you know into science and i loved how he like you know also used science to like oh well with my electricity i'm dumb i don't know how to relate what he's saying i <laughs> love not, how, but i understand <laughs> i love how they mention it in like uh the newest comics where him using his science to like figure out how to like defeat a, a bad guy but yeah it was just like any it, he he could be anyone you knew he reminded me a lot of my brother 
my brother loves comics, loves nerdy stuff, anime and stuff. And it just, it, I love that. And then that just opened a whole new world into getting into Icon and Rocket and whatnot. I love, I love their dynamic. Very cool. Some like kind of stoic, I want to say guy and some cool teen girl. <laughs> like hey, he was always calling him out. On, yeah, you know, always like, why are you doing that? Yeah, he was like, you can't do that. Shut, shut up. It's it's <laughs> and stuff like. So that. I have to ask: Have you broken down yet? Have you gone for oh the, the... Bible? <laughs> As you can see, I couldn't resist. Yeah, like when the opportunity came, I was like, oh yeah, this you will be mine. You, yeah, you will be mine. You're going on the shelf. I'm going yeah. to read you all the time, yeah. probably every day. <laughs> No, I, I have the Bible. I have it. It's in the other room on my desk, but I have it. It's it's a wonderful collection. I mean, for me, mm. it's great. Uh, Milestone came out as I was getting further into high school and about to become an adult. And what mm. really was annoying about becoming a young, like 20 something adult, especially in the time I was coming, like everyone's like, you need to become an adult. You need to start doing adult yeah. things. And one of the things that killed me was working on Saturdays. And when Static came out, I was like, are you kidding me? There's a cool, I used to read him in Milestone, but now mm. I have to work and I can't, there's no DVR. There's no streaming. Yeah. I can't get yeah. to, it was not a fun time. Like, no, no. I missed out on all this stuff that, you know, I suddenly couldn't afford because I had to like pay for food and college mm. class. <laughs> so I loved hearing your story about getting to do, I'm like, okay, you know what? Someone else got to do it. They got mm. to do it. They got to enjoy it. Uh, and I, I love that discovery. So then, you know, you got into the cartoon. Did you also start picking up the book soon afterwards? Were yeah. you like a, a collector of like, okay, you know, did it. And what was the, the bridge kind of from static to any other milestone characters you might've gotten into? Yeah. Um, so I did get into the comics. I, I do love his old suit. The one where it's like the hat. And like the skin tight type of like, I love that. But yeah, I got into the comics and then I was just like, what other characters can I see? Because um, also um, I do love um, that they brought Rocket back in um, Young Justice, the animated yes. show. And yeah. I was just like, okay, cool. Because I, what I love about Young Justice is they introduce characters that people like don't really know. You know, so I'm like, oh, cool. So I was like, okay, let me get back into this. <laughs> <laughs> when she and Icon showed up, I was like, yeah, yeah. Are we going to get more Icon? Yeah. Is this, is this happening? Yeah. So I'm just <laughs> you, like, you heard me go up like eight octaves there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, let me get back into this. So um, did get into more Icon and Rocket comics. And then recently hardware, like you said, and I'm just like, oh, this is so cool for its time, you know, just like a guy who's just like using his own company's like technology to beat their ass. I love it. <laughs> it was so, such a brilliant idea to me. And his suit. I mean, mm. the way he would have that protective skin layer first and all the other, you know, attachments. Mm. And he would always like, OK, let's add this. Let's add that. I was mm. like. My, my, you know, my teenage nerd brain was just like, ah, oh, yeah, explode, explode. <laughs> yeah. And then just, Blood Syndicate for me was just like yeah. one of those like, wow, 
so there's a dynamic here and and dog who i thought was the coolest dog i'd ever heard especially when the the, the reporter woman comes over and goes you're so cute how old are you and he's like old enough to give you puppies and i was like oh wow Oh, this is this is a different tone than I'm used to experiencing. And oh, oh man, oh, they definitely <laughs> did it different than DC. They back then, Dakota like, was very different. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, very. Different. And it was such a delight. Like it, it felt so fresh. I mean, it was just like I said, reading that intro letter with the card. Like you're so used to hearing, box it, bag it, tag it, wrap it away, mm-hmm. don't let it get damaged. And he's like, no, 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 no. Do play with the card. And I love that they were like. You know, the letter said, you know, feel the texture of the pages. Note that different color printing process. I mean, everything mm. about it felt like it yeah. was stamped in originality. Um, man, I know I kind of interrupted you there, but were there any no, other you're good. comic stories you wanted to share about Milestone before? Um, I, I asked, which I think is kind of like, okay, we talked about you getting involved. We talked about, about your history. Mm. Can you just give us some insights on what you know about what's next as far as the Milestone initiative? Like, uh, are you supposed to get flown in somewhere? Are you supposed to have a Zoom call with somebody? Are you mm. supposed to be pitching things? Like, how did, or are they coming to you and saying, whatever? I mean, essentially, what's next as far as you know? Uh, I'm trying to see what I can say and what I can't say. We yes, did sign. Please, we let's, did. let's not, let's not let I, get I'm a not call like you said. You got to cut that part. They're like, <laughs> um, they're like, fuck it off. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking, so it was, it was, it was put on the website for all to see. So I can say this, but um, yeah, we are going to get flown into California and meet like them face to face. It had to be held back because of the um, Omicron um, part, <laughs> but um, yeah, we, um we're gonna get flown in and then meet the executives. But also what I'm excited about is they partnered with Ali, Ali Bank, Ally Bank, Ally Bank, not Ali Bank, uh, but, um, and they're gonna give what I think is amazing, uh, a bunch of us um, tips and information on how to <laughs> financially uh, survive as a comic creator. <laughs> you know do your taxes and i'm just like thank you <laughs> thank you so much so um yeah um you guys should uh look out for some art soon i i can't say much on that i think that's but, okay i love the hit. yeah but um <laughs> yeah um look out for some art from us soon for it and so yeah <laughs> um just out of curiosity you know I love the example you were sharing about the journal and I was Mm. going to ask, you know, were there any moments that you remember from the interview uh, that stood out for you? That's a great one. If there are any others that you wanted to share that, that sort of stick out where you're like, look, there's only so much I can talk about. So I want to give you a Mm. chance to either draw from the interview or if there's been any other highlights between getting the announcement, like, I mean, for one, just thinking about it, uh, how, prepared are you now how prepared do you think you'll need to be to meet the executives to sort of know like you know this is the brainchild these are this is the continuation of something from the 90s that's now Mm. been picked back up and that they're like look we're you know we've got a second chance at this we're we're probably not letting go these are people who are 
building mountains and moving them. Yeah, there's a lot of kind of pressure, I want to say, because you don't want to mess up these characters at all. Because <laughs> these are like such monumental and important characters. And so many people have related to them. So many people have grown up with these characters. So many, you know, like my dad collected comic books and like these characters, it's just like, you don't want to mess it up. So there is pressure on that. But I think, um, I, I don't think I'll get in trouble for this also. It was also mentioned, but um, we're getting um, some training, right? With the um, Hubert school. So <laughs> that's going to be a cool experience. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a boot camp. They're going to be like, no, you can't do this. Or this looks something like, or things like that. So definitely have to, you know, really boot camp us so we can like get this right. And we can, um, you know, continue to like create great stuff. So <laughs> Hopefully. I'm at um, a good point. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're safe. We're, we're not going to try and delve too much further. Um, and I would love to hear any updates along the way mm. as they come for you. If, if uh, there's a great timing at some point down the road where we could do a follow-up, mm. I'd love to hear, you know, whatever else you can talk about when there's a, a good timing for it. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that when I was reading you, you mentioned in your biography on your website, the idea of um, wanting to not only make sure that there's a diversity that's recognizing um, communities, cultures, mm. people, but also, you know, things like body types based mm. on what expectations are and um, what, what it means to show what most people look like, yeah. you know, compared to the, Rippling muscle, six pack, eight pack, 12. I, I can't remember how many packs there are now, but sometimes you look at some anatomy drawings of a superhero and you're like, I didn't know people had that many muscles or that mm. you could work them out to that degree. You know, there, there are people who do amazing things who uh, they don't look like whatever yeah. the zero superhero archetype yeah. is. And there are also great people who uh, shouldn't have to be presented in one way for us mm. to understand how great they are. Uh, it, it's gotta be a great possibility that that's something you'll get to explore with Milestone with characters that you mm. uh, can create for that universe and characters you can create in the future. Um, did that idea you know, develop just as part of your drawing comics that if you're telling personal stories, you wanted to put yourself or people around you uh, in those stories or you wanted to demonstrate that um, they don't all have to look like superheroes yeah. in order to appear in your comics. Did that have a starting point with a, an intention or was it just something that was always kind of part of what you did? Um, I think probably something as always uh, as a part of all, what I always did, because like, again, um, I know it's fictional. So of course, like you have these dudes with like rippling abs or something. <laughs> something like that <laughs> but it's just like it's kind of place in the real world so it's just like why aren't there like more characters that reflect that you know 
like you've seen the Olympics, you've seen, um, I know there's that awesome like comparison. It has like all these um, female athletes with like different body types and like weight, height and what they do, but they're just like, you know, some can throw those shot puts like all the way over and just (laughs) things like that, but they don't like look like rippling abs and whatnot. So it's just like, it's interesting to like also put that in the comics because, and also it helps, you know, people see themselves perhaps as a hero, you know, being like, oh, I don't have to look like this to be considered, you know, a hero or considered, um, you know, what's strong and whatnot. So that's something um, that I've definitely always like looked into because I've definitely been in a place where, you know, not seeing yourself in comics isn't like a good feeling or seeing yourself represented like badly is a bad feeling. So I just want to change that so everyone could get a chance to like see themselves in a good light. Yeah, I heard a podcast recently with the actor who plays uh, Hopper on uh, mm. Stranger Things show. And mm. they were talking about the fact that um, you know, the interviewer was like, look, I saw you on Newsroom. I mm. saw you in Suicide Squad next to Amanda Waller. You know, you were clean and trim and you looked yeah. fit to an extent. He's like, but when I saw you in the opening scene from Stranger Things, mm. you're out on your porch, your belly's hanging out, you yeah. have a cigarette. He's like, that guy not only looks like he's in the body he's meant to be in, but yeah. he also he also looks very sexually attractive to me because of that. <laughs> and he's like, I hope that doesn't make it weird between us. And he's like, I mean, it does. And it's going to be weird. And what can you do about that? But he also said, yeah, I, it's something I've dealt with. You know, I've, mm. I've had this love-hate relationship because I tried to be in an industry where how mm. my body is determines how successful I am or what ideal yeah. I'm living up to or representing. And, uh, you know, what it means to get to play a character where he could relax in his body. And then afterwards mm-hmm. found that even his partner was like, I'm happier with you like this. You feel like a fuller person like yeah. this. And um, I, I thought that was a great opportunity, you know, to consider how we can continue to change stories by who we're including and how we're including them and how closely we're representing a, a reality. We know an experience and one that I think others can really relate to. And maybe make comics feel like there's something, you know, the average person can enjoy without feeling like it's something they're trying to aspire to mm. or that they need to compare themselves against. Because, hey, if that person's body is closer to mine or if it has some of the developmental features, like you said, I mean, trust me, if you look at the what is it, the uh, speed skating in the Winter Olympics, yeah. you're talking about people that have these ginormous thighs, hips mm. and calves. But it's because of what they do. The yeah. rest of their body is, is not going to be in that same development. They're going to have certain attributes that are highly developed, others that are not. And the rest of us are just happy if we can get up, do our day, go to sleep, and, and manage not to make a giant mistake, too many of them, in the mm. middle of the day. You know, what our body is, it's many times just a functional thing. But if it works, if it does the things we want it to, why can't that be celebrated yeah. in comics? And um, I, I love that idea because it, I'm going to transition a bit into some of your uh, other projects that I came across because mm. uh, I want to, you know, hear your thoughts about these ideas you mentioned in your biography, like 
mythological settings, placing yeah. characters in religious settings, imagery, and keeping in mind this idea of real bodies, you know, mm. not uh, stereotypical or uh, aspirational, but real human bodies. Mm. And uh, if you can tell us just a little bit, you've already mentioned out of the box, but uh, Red Dream or uh, the Space Jam Cam Zine, are these places where we can experience uh, mythological settings, religious settings, real bodies and imagery like that? Um, Red Dream was uh, based on a dream I had that um, I've been thinking of forever. <laughs> it's crazy how you brought that one up but yeah it was a dream I had when I was like in kindergarten and it was pretty violent and stuff um about you know my blood me approaching this monster in my dream and then all of a sudden I ate a feather and then like my neck was like Cut I'm sorry, this is getting very gruesome to people. <laughs> I'm gonna be okay. They can always fast forward if it gets yeah. uncomfortable. But like then my like neck was like open, like spreading blood and stuff like that. But then I the stream has always like haunted me and me like going back into like um what did that mean? Like looking up, <laughs> looking up like what those symbols like was it symbolic or like what exactly that did that mean or like what did that mean at the time for my child age and the space jam cam zine um that was old it was like a little congratulations to me when i uh graduated and um yeah it was something like where i put together all like my artwork and some of my comics for people to like flip through so yeah <laughs> i don't know why i've um sorry like sorry if that was gruesome when i've made like when i've joined so many like horror anthologies i want to say <laughs> also <laughs> at this time <laughs> yeah i make a i mentioned that too recently i was like i make a big jump from like lgbtq anthologies to like horror anthologies and <laughs> but yeah if it's where you enjoy working, if it's a story yeah. you want to tell, right? I mean, mm. why why deny yourself? And and there's a, a huge community that, mm -hmm. that it clearly is responding positively to the work that you're doing. So mm. congratulations on keeping it. Um, I'm going to ask a fun question that came up recently. And uh, I decided to include it in the interview because uh, I wanted to hear your perspective. And I might ask some others along the way. It, it'll be interesting how it turns out. But in your opinion, whether it's from creating stories or enjoying them, do you feel like you learn more from uh, heroes or villains? Or do you learn more from completely different characters, not, not associated with either camp? Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> I try. I, yeah, I, I think there's moments where the writer just really like down packs and like hits you and you can learn a bit from anybody. Like there would be times where a hero just like talks to like a villain what was crazy to me. Um, I enjoy like a lot of Batman comics. Um, <laughs> and it's embarrassing my crush on Batman, but it's okay. Um, you're among, you're among good people here, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's interesting there's one that like really spoke out to me like that you can just learn mostly from the everyday people 
in like Batman comics, you know, and are like the everyday people in comics, like the hero saves them or they're being rescued from the villain. And although they're just like a background character, they tell their story, their experience, um, what they have to deal with. <laughs> like there's just so many like little moments and I'm just like, yeah, I relate to that. Like that one Superman comic where he was like, sitting on the ledge with that girl who was about to like you know um jump the person mm-hmm. who's gonna jump and you're just like sad and it's just like bringing attention to those like little moments like you know or that one comic where <laughs> nightwing saved those people <laughs> and um they hugged him for like the longest time but he just sat there with them and it's just like you know just moments that feel kind of human to you, even though it's like a fantasy story and just moments on like, okay, well, how can I also like help someone going through something like this? Like the people in here, you know? So um, sorry if this was a long, another map, another (laughs) answer, but yeah. (laughs) It's a question I can't come down on one side or the other And that's what actually was one of the reasons I wanted to include it because who we find answers from, who we learn the most from, it can be the hero, the Mm. villain. I feel sometimes the hero's got a specific set of skills. They can teach me something that I don't know. Static's a great opportunity we were just talking about earlier. Mm. I also feel like uh, if it's a a new hero, if it's someone who's taking that first or first series of steps, Mm. They're they're leaving behind their comfort zone. They're taking yeah. on the risk. They're taking on the responsibility of doing something like that. That's a reminder for the rest of us. If we're in one place and we want to be somewhere else, mm. you know, we have to leave behind the comforts. We have to take certain risks. We have to yeah. brave the unknown. But I also feel like once a hero gets to a certain point, mm. who they are in their perspective is going to limit to a degree where they're yeah. helping. And then oftentimes I'm always amazed by a hero who can come out of a scenario or a villain who can show up in a scenario and say, Mm. I'm the result of what you overlooked. I'm the consequence because you made a decision without considering how it affected me or my Mm. community or people in a certain area. And Mm. now you have to deal with that consequence. Um, And I I feel like that can teach me a lot. Like, Mm. oh, wow. You know, when you're trying to do good, when you're trying to do the the right thing, what is your awareness in that process? Because if you have a limited frame of perspective, yeah. you think you're doing well. You think you're doing right. You think you've got yeah. a handle. And then someone from another part of that 360 comes in and goes, yeah, I'm over here. Yeah, so That place you don't look at, that place. And I feel that I can learn a lot from a, a villain in that case or yeah. an antagonist. Mm. Um, so I feel like I can come down on both places because for me, the interesting part is the villain has taught me something or the antagonist or however they're portrayed in this part of the story. But then I have to watch this other character who mm. believes they've been doing good. I have to reconcile that. Like, yeah. one, take accountability. You know, how much was I not paying attention to? And then I have to see, you know, or learn from them. How do you respond to that? Like, yeah. That's probably, I think, going to be one of the biggest journeys for me in, in, in every opportunity is, you know, how is it that I can learn something from someone who's saying, Hey, you didn't know about this, Mm. but now that you do, what are you going to do about it? And, and so 
with this question. I know there are many different answers, but I'm always intrigued where where we're drawn to uh, each mm-hmm. of us as individuals. And then what do we learn from that? You know, because again, yeah. your perspective is going to, you know, uh, expand mine and hopefully <laughs> cause me to look wider or somewhere I wasn't mm. until that point, just through that answer, that consideration and that insight, I guess. So that was a meandering answer on my part. And the, the sorry, purpose behind the question. <laughs> sorry, I went into like people in the background. <laughs> I think about them a lot because I see I see all these heroes like all the time. I want to sometimes meet new people and I like seeing, you know, the people who are though in one issue, they change a lot or they have an impact on you <laughs> and stuff like that. I think that. there's nothing wrong with it, including the, the, the characters who are not falling into a hero or villain. Because yeah. I also think they sort of give a, that's a great example in that they give us also a context in which these yeah. heroes are working. Um, I love it when a, a character who's not a powered character will suddenly go, well, I don't know, man. I mean, there was that cataclysm like so long ago. And then there was mm-hmm. that world shattering event. I lost the house. I lost, yeah. you know, and, and they give you a context for what would it be like if you're a real person and you're like, I think the world's ending again. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. What does life look like? Like, how bad is your home insurance, your auto insurance? You know. <laughs> oh my God, I hate property damage and. <laughs> right. I right. hate property so, damage. I, I love that example that you offer because when I watch movies with my wife, her one biggest complaint is she'll go, "There goes a superhero tearing yeah. up the city again, building." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i hate it and i can't justify it it. you know i can't say as a fan like well it needs to happen it's like i can't control what bad guys are going to do if they're going to fight you in a place where people can get hurt you either let them do bad stuff or you fight them but yeah property destruction doesn't look good to anybody (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so the context you gave for the supporting characters i think is just as equal um and and i love that in your response to heroes or villains you're like well no yeah. I'm, I'm going to take you over here because that's part of that expanded perspective, right? I, I wonder mm-hmm. how many people listening are going to go, I have learned some stuff from supporting <laughs> characters. I, yeah, there's that one that I like, and then there's, you know, and yeah. it, it can be a lot of fun. Um, my favorite thing as I kind of realize I've gone through most of my questions is to turn back to the person I'm talking with and say, mm-hmm. what I miss? If there was one thing that you would love to be added, included, um, something that I might not know to ask about, but you have an opportunity to say right now, and the best way I can do it is to say, is there a chance I missed something and it would be important for you to include with us when we're talking about you, uh, your art, anything related to it, uh, the story you've been telling, the stories you're looking to tell. Anything else related to that? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to. <laughs> I think you did a really good There's job. There's no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for the most part, uh, yeah, you'll see me like post my own characters. And I think just trying to make a story or my own like graphic novel off of that or my own comics off of that because another problem I see is just like so many um well first of all I'm um afro-indigenous but so many like indigenous characters are like 
overlooked <laughs> in comics. Like, you know, badly or stereotypical also. And also, right. I, I, I remember um, I asked, I'm just like, are, I want you guys to name me an Afro-Indigenous character that you've seen in media. And they could only come up with like three <laughs> out of like everything, only three. And it was just like, yeah, it's just things like that. So I kind of want to expand on like representation for that, you know, every and anyone can like see themselves like my, <laughs> my whole story. But yeah, I think um, I'm going to try to work harder on making, you know, kind of my own kind of side stuff. That so we I, could see a Kickstarter in the future for you or some sort of, uh, you know, project launch. Maybe. Being announced yeah. independently. Yeah. That would maybe. be huge. <laughs> uh, if, if people want to be the first in the know, uh, how do they get themselves uh on your list or get you in their feed or stream or how is it that they can have the best chance of know what you're doing what projects you're launching how mm. they can be a part of it how they can support or contact you in the ways you mm. most prefer uh where are you at that they can find you um or you my, like to be found <laughs> uh, uh my twitter and my instagram are both space jam cam art yes like the movie but just add just Space Jam, but add Cam, K-A-M, art. And then my website slash portfolio is spacejamcam.com. Perfect. And uh, I'll make sure to include any of those things in the uh, liner notes. Cam, this has been an absolute delight. Um, once again, I'm going to say it. Thank you for bringing your joy yeah, thank to you. this conversation. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I loved how much you laughed. I loved yeah. hearing your your joy when you were describing uh, your art, characters, milestone, all of it. It's, it's been a pleasure. And I can't wait to see what you're doing next, not only with the Milestone Initiative, but in your own independent projects. And mm. uh, you know, I think you have a lot of chapters left in your story. I'm looking forward to enjoying them all. All right. Thank you so much. Hey, my pleasure. I'm going to do the official stop the recording thing because... Now we're going to be human beings who are not being observed. So for everyone okay. who's been observing us, glad you enjoyed. But now we're just going to talk. So bye. <laughs> right.